Welcome to Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This week, catch player news, the minor league report, and a week in review of the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, now, your host, Chris Smith. Well, glad to have you with me. Thanks a lot for joining me. I'm Chris Smith. Welcome to Phillies Weekly. What a great week for the Phils. We'll get into the week in review here in just a little bit. But uh, right now, right off the bat, Phils sitting on top of that wild card race in the National League. Uh, right now they are, as of as of today, of course today being uh, August 26th, Friday, August 26th, the eighth week here of Phillies Weekly. Phils on top of the wild card standings by a game over Florida. Houston and New York follow at a game and a half behind. Of course, Washington back there at two and a half games behind. We just want to get right into it here. I don't want to waste any time. And uh, actually, before I do, just uh, a quick shout out, like always, to uh, Jason Brewer. Jason, of course, uh, helps us out here at Phillies Weekly getting all of our imaging and IDs, the intros and things like that off the ground. Jason works for a really cool radio station in New Jersey called G-Rock. Southern New Jersey, kind of like the Jersey Shore area. If you're ever in that area, make sure you check it out. Awesome station. Modern rock, uh, a lot of new rock and things like that. 106.3 and 98.5 on your FM dial. So if you're ever in the area, that's your chore. Check out G-Rock. Really cool radio station down there. Uh, Jason also does a lot of uh, production on the side. Uh, If you have a podcast and you're looking to add uh, some... uh, what should we say? Some some intros, some outros, just a, a nice gleam to it. He does awesome work. Send Jason an email. Jason Prod. It's Jason P R O D at gmail dot com. Uh, he'll get back to you. He's a real cool guy. Uh, he do, and like I said, he does great work. Uh, and uh, send him an email. Let him know what you think about the, the stuff on the show. Uh, also, before we get into it here, just wanted to mention, too, we mentioned it last week here with Greg Allen and uh, Flyers Weekly. The Flyers Weekly podcast is getting up off the ground, and we'll have the inaugural podcast up probably in September. But right now, you can check out the website and uh, see what it's all about. Website there, philadelphiaflyersweekly.blogspot.com. Just put your www in front of that, and you're good to go. Uh, check out the website. Subscribe to the podcast. It's going to be a it's going to be a cool year for NHL hockey, and it's I'm glad to see NHL the NHL is back, and I'm glad to see the Flyers making all the moves they have. It's going to be a great year for the Flyers hockey club. Flyersweekly at gmail.com is our email address for Flyers Weekly. So if you have any preseason thoughts or anything like that, or you want to shoot some thoughts our way, um, send us your emails. Flyersweekly at gmail.com. Uh, make sure we'll uh, we'll send you a shout out there and uh, let you know that uh, we appreciate. Appreciate that you listen to the podcast here, and uh, we'll look for cool things for Flyers Weekly um, coming up this season. Getting right into Phillies Weekly, uh, week of the Phils. Now, I want to start off with some some news here. Uh, there was kind of a quiet week for the Phils, not a whole lot to, to talk about. I had, I had a, a lot of good games on the road this week, and uh, we'll touch on that in just a bit. But Billy Wagner, uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked that Wagner uh, had, had spoke to the media a few weeks ago regarding his future with the Phillies. And uh, one of the things that was put on the table by Wagner is obviously what he's looking for in the future to stay with his ball club. Of course, Wagner's contract is over at the end of this year, um, and he is not afraid to test the free agent market, but he would like to stay in Philly. Uh, he, he spoke that uh, and, and had mentioned those comments to the media a few weeks ago. Here's what, uh, what Billy Wagner is looking for. He's going to Ed Wade. Uh, his side is going to the Phillies, and here's what he's looking for to kind of round out his career here in Philly. Uh, Wagner's looking for a three-year deal around uh, twenty-four to twenty-seven million dollars. He does not. He wants a no-trade clause. So within that contract, it would have to be a no-trade clause. It's very key here, especially for someone like Billy Wagner, because we we talk a lot. Uh, especially when the the trade deadline nears here uh, every year in, in July and things like that, and you start talking about you, are the Phils going to hang on to Wagner or, or are they going to deal him off and try to get somebody that they can sign for the long term? That that's an interesting point because Billy Wagner, in my opinion, probably has the most value on that club right now because of the premium on on closers around the league, and especially this year with a lot of the top teams. Uh, looking for closers. You have Boston, you have Chicago, the White Sox who were interested in the wild, things like that. So you put a premium on players like Billy Wagner, not only because he's a great pitcher, he's a great closer, but because he is a closer and, and there's not a whole lot out there right now. So 
looking at this no trade clause being put in there, that means even if Wagner would happen to struggle the next couple years, and I don't see that happening, but say he would or say he would get injured, you'd have that no trade clause in there. So it's very important. So basically for Wagner uh, to to be traded, he would need to waive that no trade clause uh, the next uh, in the next couple of years if this deal would go down. So the, the latest talk that we have on the Wagner situation is that both sides are still talking. Billy Wagner imposed kind of an August 31st deadline to the Phils. He wanted to have something worked out by the 31st of August. Um, but uh, I was checking out phillies.com this week in an article on there, and uh, Billy's very optimistic that things will work out. He does have a goal of 400 career saves. He does want to pitch beyond the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and the Phils could very well the next couple years hopefully bring that to him. And like we mentioned uh, weeks ago, Wagner wants to stay in Philadelphia. His roots are in Virginia. That's where his family's from. That's where he lives. Uh, so he, he would like to stay close to home. And, and Philly being one of the closest teams to Virginia, uh, Wagner would like to stay here in Philly. So we'll see what happens here as the next couple weeks go on. Of course, August 31st is just this coming Wednesday. Um, but again, Wagner has has said that both sides are working towards an agreement, and hopefully something uh, will be worked out very soon. And it almost looks like if some if something isn't worked out by the 31st of August, Wagner might be open to to, to extending that deadline he's uh, he, he's imposed and uh, continuing to work with the Phils and get something worked out here for the next three years. Hopefully that he stays in Philadelphia. Uh, so the Billy Wagner thing that is uh, we'll keep an eye on that in the next couple weeks. Just wanted to run down the uh, NL. East standings here as of today, August 26, 2005. Of course, Atlanta on top of the NL East. Uh, Phillies behind them, three and a half games back. Florida at four and a half games back. New York at five and Washington at six. And Washington kind of been on a skid lately. They've been up and down. Uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit here. And just kind of a, a preview here of the month of September for the Phils because I, I, I really think that the month of September, and everybody knows this, that the month of September for the Phils is just going to be, it's going to be live or die. This is, this is it. I mean, the rest of the season pr prior to this, forget it. it. It really means nothing because you look at the Phillies in, in, in the month of September and you look at the type of teams they play. A lot of games on the road. They do have a stretch of, of games at home. But you start out September against Washington, a three-game set against the Nationals. You go then. You, you, we'll go back home off this off this road trip. That's that's the end of that road trip that we're on right now. Would be this uh, the, the three game uh, Washington series away. Come back home for three games against Florida, against Houston, and then a four game set against Atlanta. Those ten games right there could be. They play. They face Florida and Atlanta a little bit later on, but those 10 games are going to be so key. It's kind of at the beginning of September. It's really going to paint the picture, I think, for how the rest of the rest of the regular season is going to go. So three games against Houston, three games against Florida, and four games against Atlanta at home, beginning of September. Very, very important. You move on from there. You're looking at three games against Florida, Atlanta, and Cincinnati on the road. So you, you, you face Florida and, and Atlanta at home. You go right right back on the road and, and face those two teams again. And those two teams, like we said, and everyone knows, they're kind of a nemesis of the Phillies, Florida and Atlanta. Of course, Atlanta at the top of the division right now. Are they going to be difficult to topple? Well, yeah, they, they are. They are every year. There's no doubt about that. But they've got a lot of youngsters on that team right now. Uh, I, I wouldn't say inexperienced, but they are. They're, they're major league players. They're inexperienced. Uh, they've been playing well. You have Jeff Francoeur, who's doing an outstanding job. On the other side of that, though, you have a pitcher like Mike Hampton, who has pitched well all, all year. He's on the DL again. He was he was put on the DL again this week because of a, of a, of a back problem. So... There's a lot of things. Of course, the injuries. Chipper Jones just came back, and and things like that. So th there's a lot of injury injury things that are that are still very prominent in Atlanta. I think John Thompson was supposed to just come back, and Johnny Estrada, former Phil there, who really hasn't been playing that well this year. So there's a lot of issues there in Atlanta. Of course, throwing all those young kids in that mix, and and who knows what's going to happen with Atlanta. Florida, I honestly see Florida as a team with probably the best chance right now. The Florida, I would say the Phils. Florida and the Phils the best chance to overtake uh, the Braves right now. Uh, Florida, of course, we know their pitching staff. We know the, the A.J. Burnett, the, the J Josh Beckett's. Um, you know, of course, you have Todd Jones in the bullpen. There's another former Phil. 
So guys like that are getting the job done. Of course, Miguel Cabrera out there uh, doing, having a great year again this year. Um, Jeff Conai now filling in, uh, in in the outfield here for a couple games. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Florida has the pieces to do it. I think Philly has the pieces to do it. But again, we talked last week about whether this was going to be a battle of batting or pitching. And I, I really think that, that pitching is, is what's going to come down and, and finally play a key role in this NL, NL East uh, uh, race. So we'll look for the pitchers. And again, the Phillies, the key thing with the Phillies is quality pitching outings. You need to have guys like Lieber pitching well. Of course, Myers has, has been doing a very good job. He did a very good job last weekend uh, against the Pirates when they really needed, needed him to come through. Uh, Robinson Tejeda has done well. Uh, Corey Lytle has struggled. Um, and and going back even to John John Lieber has struggled, uh, so for those for the Phillies to put all the pieces together here, you're going to need all five guys to to team together, and we need quality pitching performances. We know the team can hit the ball around. There's no doubt about that. Um, but but the pitching, uh, you can't win games without quality pitching. And John Lieber, Corey Lytle. Um, those guys are going to have to step it up, and and Vicente Padilla has been outstanding the last couple his last couple outings. He's been awesome, of course. Brett Myers. So you put everything together there. You put everything together. Uh, all those pitchers we're talking about there just have to all come together. All quality, consistent pitching outings. So you have to look to that uh, for the Phils uh, here in September, especially against uh, against this lineup to finish out September. So they have Florida, Atlanta, and Cincinnati on the road. We'll go um, go back home to Citizens Bank Park at the end of September, three games against the Mets, and then for the final series of the regular season, Phils will be in Washington for a three-game set against the Nationals. So it's no easy pickings. And, uh, and uh, there's only one team that the Phils are going to face, of course, in September who are not in the playoff contention, that being Cincinnati. Uh, they'll face them, uh, I think, October 23rd to 25th in Cincinnati. Of course, Cincinnati, you know, the Reds have been hitting the ball very well lately. Uh, so we'll look to see uh, what happens there in that series. But it's going to be a very important September for the Phils. It's going to be a very difficult September for the Phils. Um, again, pitching performance is going to be a key there. Now, versus the NL East this year, the Phils are 22-28. and 28. I believe that is the worst record uh, amongst uh, National League East teams in their division. Uh, so the Phils are going to have to figure out a way to overcome these NL East teams. I, 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 again, you know, we, we keep talking about pitching. It's going to have to be a, a combination of quality pitching and, of course, consistent hitting. But 22-28 and 28, uh, versus NL East teams. And, and if you're going to try to win the division, obviously you're going to try to have – you're going to need to have that winning record in this division uh, against the other teams – in, in your division. So the, the Phils are going to have to try to turn those numbers around. Um, and just in my opinion, with, with all the games that are played in division in the NL East in, in September, uh, obviously everyone's going to end up beating themselves up. So you see a real tight wild card race right now. Of course, the Phils stand on top of the wild card race. They have uh, Florida by one game. Houston and New York are back there with a game and a half back. So I think this wild card race is kind of going to break open in September. There's going to you know, the, you're going to have the NL East teams kind of beating up on each other, and uh, there's going to be a lot of moving up and down in these standings, not only in the wild card but also in the National League East. So obviously, the team who beats up the best on the other teams in the division or is going to take the crown and uh, is going to come away with the NL East crown. And of course, with the, with the Phils, you know, wild card, and I think Charlie Emanuel, it was. Charlie Manuel had mentioned this week that the wild card. Hey, why go for the wild card when the division is? We're only three and a half games out of the division. Hey, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's let's give the Braves a run for the money. Let's keep the the Marlins down there at bay, and uh, let's see what happens. Let's let's uh, let's go for that division and try to topple the Braves out of that top spot. Wouldn't that be great? We'll see what happens here in September. We'll keep a close eye on everything. Also, another thing I wanted to pass along real quick here for our first segment of Phillies Weekly this week. Uh, Corey Lytle was injured this week, and uh, of course, the way Corey's been pitching the last month or so, you may say, hey. Good, no problem there. Um, however, it, it's going to maybe place a strain a little bit here on the Phillies starting rotation because Lytle had actually um, strained an oblique muscle 
at uh, his start on Wednesday when he was running out a, a, a ground ball that he had hit. He strained an oblique, an oblique muscle, and he's going to miss about what he's going to miss at least one start. Uh, so you kind of look at it and you may say, well, maybe a, a blessing in, in, in disguise. But at this point in the season, you don't want any more stress on your starting rotation than than you need to. And now with Corey Lido out missing a. Uh, missing a start uh we may look to uh Udi Brito who had a great outing last Sunday we may look to him again of course Robinson Tejeda has has pitched well he's kind of had a rubber arm and hasn't had you know any problems you know giving the Phil some extra some extra distance out of the bullpen we saw that this week so the Phil's might be in a might be in good shape you know again you always hate to see this type of thing come down towards the end of the season where one of your starters goes out even if it's for one starter kind of throw the whole rotation out of sync uh, so we'll see how the Phils counteract uh, with the Corey Lido injury, and hopefully it will be only for for one start. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe a guy like Brito will come in and have another great outing, and and maybe uh, maybe Brito can take over a spot. I don't think that'll happen, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Again, Brito being a young pitcher and uh, not a whole lot of major league experience there. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Probably this week or next week sometime, uh, Corey Lido will probably start middle of the week, um, and we're looking at that. Uh, that outing against uh, the Mets in uh, in Shea. So that's at some point next week, that's when Corey Lido would be scheduled to start. So we'll see how Charlie Manuel reacts with that. We're going to take a quick ID break. Uh, first segment of Phillies Weekly in the books here for week eight. This covering uh, August 19th through 25th. Glad to have you here. Hang on. I'll be right back. This is Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East, Lancaster, PA. Now your host, Chris Smith. Phillies Weekly at Verizon.net is our email address. Of course, you may know that uh, philliesweekly.blogspot.com is our home web page. Make sure you send us your emails at philliesweekly at verizon.net. Uh, let me know what you think about the show. And, uh, again, the uh, the invite's always there if you're from the area. Of course, we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If you're from the area or you're around the area, you want to get involved with the show, well, send me an email. We'll uh, do our best to get you on here. Very fan-friendly show here. And uh, make sure you get those emails out and uh, check out the webpage, philliesweekly.blogspot.com. Uh, just got a, re- a week in review here for the Phils. And it was another very key week. And the Phils are starting – what we're starting to see here with the Phils is, is they're, they're starting to win series, uh, even if yeah, – even they're not sweeping series. But the key thing right now to, to concentrate on for the rest of the year is just to win series. These three-game sets that uh, – are coming up against these teams. Of course, the Phils have been winning one game or winning two games, losing one. Hey, that's that's great. That's all you can ask for out of a team like this. And of course, some of the competition lately has been from the NL Central or it's been from the West and things like that. But it's been good. It's it's, it's given the Phils the opportunity to get to really gain some ground and of course be at the top of the wild card standing so the Phils last weekend to round out that Pittsburgh Pirates series Pittsburgh Pirates are in town now you go back to Friday last Friday August 19th and that was kind of the one blowout or the obviously the loss there at the Phillies had in that series Robinson Tejeda was your starter there and of course Robinson had that one bad outing I think everybody was waiting for. You, you had to see it coming. He, he pitched very well so far here in his rookie season. Uh, but uh, that, that one bad outing had to be on tap, and it, and it was. The Phils lost last Friday 11-2, to and, and Tejeda uh, only made it through three and two-thirds innings. He gave up eight hits, six earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, a 3.29 ERA for Robinson on the year. Uh, so, uh, again, maybe Robinson Tejeda, maybe, I would think it may have been one of those nights where I was watching some of the some of the uh, some of the the highlights of the game, and it seemed to me as one of those nights where Charlie Manuel always has said, "Well, Robinson Tejeda gets by because he's effectively wild." Well, last Friday didn't seem to be one of those nights. Maybe last Friday Robinson was trying was trying to throw uh, too many strikes or trying to throw that perfect pitch, and of course it, it wasn't working out for him. He only makes it through three and two thirds. Uh, so, like I said, Tejeda had that one bad outing. It was to be expected. Um, 
you just got to move on. We'll see Robinson Tejeda later on in the week. Actually, he gets uh, some work out of the bullpen for the Phillies and does a superb job against the Giants out in San Francisco. Kip Wells was the Pirates starter last Friday at Citizens Bank Park. And Kip Wells, we all know a Philly killer, and he continues to just kill the Phillies. Well, he got the win uh, last Friday, of course. Uh, seven innings pitch last Friday for Kip Wells. Three hits, one earned run, just one walk, seven strikeouts. Seven strikeouts for Kip Wells last last Friday. Uh, Wells' career versus the Phils, the numbers kind of shape up like this. He is 5-0 with a 1.29 ERA and 40 strikeouts in 35 innings. So Kip Wells very could be could be that one pitcher that, that just completely kills the Phils. Of course, I remember looking at uh, looking at some some numbers this week, and I think in his ne- in his last outing this past week, uh, Kip Wells just com- got completely lit up. He was out of the game by like the second or third inning or something like that. And uh, but against the Phils, Kip Wells is 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 a sure bet. He's probably going to win a five and zero career record versus the Phils, just a one point two nine ERA. Uh, Pirates, of course, got the bats going in that big eleven to two win. Um, Kip Wells had a home run, and it was a big home run. It was a long home run to straightaway center field in uh, Citizens Bank Park. Um, Jeff Geary was also in that game. He actually gave up a home run to Brad Eldred. Um, and just, just no offense at all for the Phils. Kip Wells with those seven strikeouts, just one walk, completely shut the Phils' offense down. So that was that one game, again, where Tejeda kind of got lit up, and it was that one game of the series that we'll find out that the Phils lost. Uh, moving on to Saturday then, different story Saturday, kind of on the other the other end of the table. The Phils win Saturday, August 20th, against the Pirates again. Uh, Phils 6, Pirates 1. And uh, Saturday also... Uh, Newsworthy for the Phils, uh, Jeff Geary was uh, demoted to uh, AAA Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And uh, if you remember us talking earlier here in the season, you would remember uh, that uh, young pitcher named Aquino Lopez was claimed off waivers from Colorado. Well, Lopez was brought up to the club. Uh, Geary was was sent down, was demoted down to AAA. Uh, Lopez, uh, kind of a journeyman-type player. Uh, of course, he was claimed, claimed off waivers from Colorado earlier this year. Uh, he had 14 saves for the, the Blue Jays in 2003. Uh, he last did he last pitched in Scranton on August 18th, so he's fresh. He's ready to go in case he's needed. And uh, I was looking at some news articles there. And I think Geary, kind of kind of the. the the, wor- the word around the clubhouse was Geary was sent down because the Phils just needed some fresh arms in that bullpen. And we'll see in this game how Brett Myers helps the Phils out tremendously in a, in a superb performance. But first, Myers' August hasn't been that splendid so far. Uh, probably his, his worst uh, month of, of the season, no doubt, starting out here. So far in August, Brett Myers, 14 earned runs and 19 of the third innings in August. Uh, just That was just spanning three outings he's had. 6.52 ERA uh, in August for Brett Myers. So he's kind of struggled as Brett in August, but Saturday, last Saturday, he turns it around. He goes the distance for the fills. 107 total pitches was all he needed to go the full nine innings. He gave up only six hits, one earned run, just two walks, uh, five strikeouts, a 3.48 ERA on the year for uh, for Brett. So a very key, awesome pitching performance by Brett Myers. You know, he's he's quickly becoming possibly in the future the ace of this staff, and he's, he proved it last Saturday by going the distance, giving the bullpen a very a much needed night off. They really needed it. Um, uh, of course, with with Geary being sent down and some fresh arms bring, being brought up. Um, Brett Myers gave the Phils what they needed. Uh, the only run that the, the Pirates were able um, to, to to get off of uh, Myers came off of a, a a double by Jason Bay, and then, of course, Jose Castillo had sacrificed uh, Bay home. 14 ground ball outs was what Brett Myers had forced the Pirates hitters into last Saturday. So um, Myers said he wanted to get the, the infield some work. Well, he certainly did that. Um, it was the main goal, goal going, going into the game. He said the last couple of outings, he was conscious of throwing fastballs and challenging people. 
Uh, it didn't work the past two times, so I changed it up. The more I threw, the better I felt with it. And that's an interesting comment, too, because you saw a guy like Corey Lytle say uh, somewhat of, 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 the, of a similar comment a couple weeks ago when, when Lytle was struggling, and he's still been struggling and trying to turn things around. Where he's been, Lytle's been trying to rely on other pitches like, uh, like his change-ups and his curves when Lytle has a very good moving fastball, and he needs to set those other pitches up with that fastball. He wasn't doing it. Brett Myers, uh, a sign of that he is really maturing as a, as a major league pitcher right now, is that he's, he's realizing what he's doing wrong, he's fixing it, and he comes out with a stellar outing last Saturday against the Pirates. So Myers gets the win in a good game. 6-1 to one your final there, of course. Uh, the Phillies' offense was sparked by a three-run fourth inning. Uh, Chase Utley, a two-run triple. Also, David Bell uh, in the sixth inning had a, had a uh, two-run double. Um, Jason Michaels was also tackling a run in the seventh uh, with some good hitting there. So the Phillies get on top of the Pirates there last Saturday. And the same way with Sunday. Uh, it was a close game. Um, but uh, the key here, we saw a new pitcher on the mound starting for the Phils. Uday Brito was brought up from AAA uh, Scranton. Uh, he he's he's uh, he hadn't pitched since July 30th, and uh, he was recalled on August 5th, and he hadn't he hadn't been in a game since since July 30th, and um, he uh, he pitched well. I don't think the Phils are looking for a whole lot of innings out of Brito, but he was a good quality left-hander. It looks like he has pretty good stuff. Uh, Brito, five innings pitched, three hits, just one earned run, one uh, one walk, two strikeouts. He did give up a home run, and a 1.80 ERA to start off his major league career. 63 total pitches, and 39 of them were strikes. And it seems like Brito is another one of those fearless pitchers. And you see Robinson Tejeda almost in this same type of groove where they're fearless. Um I think Brito gave up a home run to, to Brad Eldred uh, in the second. If you, if, you, if you saw what happened there, I think Brito really elevated the fastball, and uh, Eldred really got underneath it and just crushed it to left. Um, but he, but Brito rebounded after that. He rebounded the strikeout Ryan Domit and Jose Castillo. Of course, Michael, Re- Michael Restovich then flew out to Burl to end the inning. So Brito, again, kind of a fearless pitcher, and he's young. It was his first major league start, and that's what you got to do. You got to go up there. You got to, if you're going to give up a run, hey, you know what? You come right back and you can get a one, two, three. It's exactly what Brito did. Uh, so Uday Brito, uh, of course, he's still with the club, and, and of course, with Lyle being injured, we may look uh, for Brito to get another start this week. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Of course, Pat Burrell, the offense uh, kind of sparked by Pat Burrell a little bit. Uh, two run home run in the fourth inning for Pat. Also in that fourth inning, Chase Utley had doubled. He moved to third on a David Bell ground out, and uh, he had scored on a, on a wild pitch by Mark Redman. Uh, so Phil's getting the bats going off the bat or right right at the beginning of the game there. Mark Redman, a left-handed pitcher, and the Phil's have struggled as of late against lefties, but uh, they got the Mark Redman there uh, early and got some runs on the board. Real Cormier came in. Of course, uh, Brito, they didn't want to use Udi Brito a whole lot. Of course, he did only go five innings, and they wanted to keep his pitch count to a minimum. Cormier came in in the sixth inning and blew a two-run lead. Um, single, straight singles by uh, 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 Chris Duffy, Jason Bay, Ryan Domit, and Jose Castillo. Um, and Real Cormier really has been kind of the model of inconsistency here for the Phils this year. He's really been a disappointment because you look at Real Cormier as as probably one of the one of the more reliable left-handed specialists out of, out of the Phillies bullpen. He's done well in years past, but this year he's really been up and down. Uh, so far this year, uh, Cormier is three and two. Uh, it's amazing he has a winning record at this point. Uh, 5.74 ERA in 42 innings. Um, he's given up 51 hits, 27 earned runs, and eight home runs. Uh, so, again, for Cormier has had good outings, but he's had really rotten outings. And, and last Sunday was was an example of one of those rotten outings. Uh, so for Cormier to really help the Phils out down the stretch, he has got to be more consistent. You know, he, Cormier has had some had some rest uh, last Sunday before he got in the game, and he just didn't uh, he didn't come through for the Phils. And uh, I'm not sure what it is with Cormier. It just it seems like a location thing more than anything. Uh, some of his pitches are right over the plate. He's got a good splitter. Um, and he still does rely on that a lot, but 
but uh, it just seems to be a control thing with Cormier when he does throw strikes. They're right there, and the pitchers are, are picking it up, and or the hitters are picking it up, and, and they're hitting the ball off off Real. So um, again, it's, it's Real has been a typically a, a solid left-hander the Phils usually can rely on, and uh, for I, I think for the Phils to be successful here down the stretch, that left-handed. Uh, middle relief type guy that Cormier is in the bullpen, he, he really has to make that work. He's got to figure out a way to come come through on that. Uh, Madsen, Urbina, and Wagner actually did combine to finish out the game. Um, uh, Madsen recorded the win uh, after after relieving Cormier in the sixth. Cormier didn't even finish the sixth inning. Um, Madsen got, did get the final two outs there, and then of course he pitched a scoreless seventh. Um, and a great job, of course, by Bobby Abreu, who would uh, actually get the winning run in the seventh. It was uh, it was a key double in the seventh. Jason Michael, Jason Michaels would single in the seventh with two outs, and Bobby Abreu hits a shot down the down or down the right field line. It was r- right down the line, just barely fair. Went the whole way back to the to the fence. Jason Michaels, some great base running, scored all the way from first base, and uh, it was a close it was a close throw or close relay play from, from right field where Abreu hit that double. Um, the, the relay had come in just as Jason Michaels was getting home plate. A great slide around catcher Ryan Doman. Uh, Michaels just got his hand into in home plate there before Doman applied to tag. So, uh, great job by Bobby Abreu. Some clutch two out late game hitting by, Bre- by Abreu. So, uh, Phils pull that one out there. 4-3 game. It was a close one, but they got the win. Uh, Pirates are out of town. Phils get on the plane, head out to San Francisco. Uh, first game against this, uh, against this Giants club, another sub-500 NL West club. Uh, first game was Monday night. Another lefty. Uh, three lefties uh, in a row for the Phils. Uh, Noah Lowry gets the nod for the Giants on Monday night, and uh, Lowry gets the job done. Uh, final game, final score in Monday night's game: Phil zero, Giants five. Lowry uh, has really done well since the All Star break. I don't know his exact numbers, but I know since the All Star break, Noah Lowry has pitched very well. He is a young lefty, and he really put it to the Phils uh, on Monday night. Just some highlights for the Phils here against lefties, and these are going to become very important as the September rolls on because we're going to see Dontrell Willis. Uh, we probably won't see Mike Hampton. Uh, but we're going to see a variety of other left-handed pitchers. Andy Pettit possibly uh, we'll see. So these stats here are going to become very important. Uh, some of the players or some of the batters from the Phils here, here are some numbers that uh, that they are hitting against lefties this year. Ryan Howard is hitting just 133 against lefties. Chase Utley is hitting 227, And David Bell is, is kind of the bright spot there. He's actually hitting 380. Uh, the Phils are actually 22 and 16, uh, 22 wins, 16 losses against lefties. But most of those wins were actually early in the year. If you remember, that's when Paulie Polanco was still around, and uh, he was adding a lot of offense. So a lot of those, uh, a lot of those wins came earlier in the year, and the Phils have really struggled lately. Um, and uh, some of the most significant, I think, offensive outages actually came against the uh, against left-handed pitching. So Phils are going to be very wary of that uh, as, as September move, moves on. Uh, four of the eight shutouts pitched against the Phillies have been tossed by a lefty. It's another key number, shutting out the Phillies, just shutting down the offense. Um, Again, if the Phillies are going to make a make a run at the postseason here, th- th- those numbers are definitely going to have to improve. Uh, we talked about John Nontrell Willis. We'll probably face him down the stretch. Andy Pettit, of course. Uh, Glavin is also in that mix. Don't forget Tom Glavin. We faced the Mets a couple times. Uh, Jason Vargas, uh, that, that got young rookie pitcher from Florida. Um, so we'll see what happens here. Lefties are going to play a big role in, in September for the Phils, and uh, we'll see if they can continue to get the job done. So Noah Lowry, left hand, young lefty for the Giants, uh, does a great job for the Phils or for the for the Giants on Monday. Eight and two thirds innings pitched for Lowry. He gave up five hits, just one walk, and six strikeouts. Uh, John Lieber started for the Phils on Monday, just really struggled. Uh, seven innings pitched for John. He actually did get through seven. Uh, he gave up nine hits, five earned runs. One walk, four strikeouts, gave up a home run at a 4.91 ERA. And actually, John, we'll talk about John Lieber, too. In weeks past, he has that one bad inning, that one bad inning where everything collapses and the other team is able to capitalize. They're able to score a handful of runs. We saw it happen in that Colorado game weeks ago. Uh, it was a Sunday game at Colorado where, where Lieber just completely got lit up. It was just one inning. Um, so 
on Monday, Lieber gives up four of the five runs to the third inning. It was a JT Snow RBI double, and then Moises Alou followed with a three-run home run. Uh, so right there is four out of the five runs in one inning. And uh, you start – Lieber has really kind of struggled with his control. Uh, and, again, it hasn't been a consistent struggle. It's been one inning that Lieber goes out there, and I don't know if he's trying to overthrow the ball or he's just trying to have a, another quick inning. But uh, you watch John Lieber, and, and he'll have that one inning in, in, in each game, and then he'll go on to be strong for the rest of the, for the, rest of the game. Of course, like you saw here on Monday, uh, Lieber did go seven innings. So um, – what can you say, John Lieber? You know you're going to have those bad innings, but you're going to have to try to minimize the uh, the uh, the damage that's been done in that one inning for John. And other than that, he's pitched pretty well. Like I said, minus the con- some of the control issues he seems to be having, uh, everything else seems to be okay. Um, Phils did get a chance in the seventh. Uh, bases were loaded uh, in the no outs. Chase uh, Utley had struck out then. David Bell then had grounded into an inning-ending double play. So, some an offensive shot there for the Phils in the seventh inning uh, didn't happen. Bases loaded, no outs, and uh, that's it. Not much to say about that game. Uh, final score there, five nothing. Uh, Tuesday night, this is where things get better. And again, the Phils kind of turn around. They get shut out on Monday, but they come back with a big win on Tuesday. They finally, get Ryan Howard back in the mix on Tuesday, and guys like that, uh, they're finally facing a right-handed pitcher. Uh, the final score on uh, Tuesday was Phil's 10, Giants 2. And Padilla pitched, got the starting nod for the Phil's, and he pitched another great outing. Eight innings strong, three hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, no walks. Very good thing uh, for Padilla. Uh, he's really got his control back. 4.32 ERA. Um, Padilla actually retired 14 straight at one point. Uh, he has a 1.94 ERA over his past nine starts. And the Phils gave the, the Padilla the best offensive support of the year with 10 runs in the game. Now, that's important because 10 runs also equals the, the total output of the Phils offense that they've given Padilla over the last over his last five starts. So you're looking at the Phils give Padilla about two runs a game to work with. Uh, and of course on Tuesday they kind of open things up with with 10 runs for him. Gives him some uh, gives him some breathing room. Padilla gets comfortable and you can really see what he can do. Uh, 14 straight. He retired 14 straight at one point. Those are great numbers to see for Padilla. Zero walks is another good number to see for Vicente. You know, again we saw him earlier in the year when he was kind of injured and he was kind of struggling with control things like that. To see him go eight innings without a walk is, is superb. That is a great stat to see. Uh, Padilla only threw 94 pitches. Real Cormier had come in and finished off the night, the night with a perfect ninth inning. Uh, so Cormier comes in and uh, pitches well uh, in, the, in the ninth inning to shut him out after he kind of almost blew the game on Sunday. He gets a chance to redeem himself. But uh, Again, Padilla, a, a great outing on Tuesday, and uh, he's going to become a very key pitcher for the Phils here. He has just been really overpowering, a great fastball he's got going again. It's good to see Padilla coming around because he is a very important piece of the Phils' future here. Wednesday night, the final game of that three-game set against the Giants. The Phils pull out another win. Wednesday night, Phils 7, Giants 4, your final score there. Corey Lyle got the starting nod for the Phils. Corey struggled again somewhat. Uh, Corey went four innings, gave up seven hits, four earned runs, walk, two strikeouts. Uh, Lyle's got a 4.75 ERA on the year. Now, besides Lyle struggling, the Phils did pull out a win. Um, they got some key offense uh, from a lot of players. Uh, of, course, of course, Abreu, Lofton, and Bell each had three hits. Pat Burrell was actually walked three times, so you know, Burrell looking for walks. You see Bobby Abreu look for walks a lot. You know, uh, Pat Burrell looking for walks there. Gets the job done there. At least gets on base. Bill's uh, got the, the starter for the, for the Giants is Brad Hennessy. They got the, the, the Hennessy early with 10 hits and 5 runs and 5 innings. So knocking those starters out early. Again, it's an NL West team. So there's... You know, not not a whole lot to be play to, to play off of that, but um, you get to the starters early, you get them out of the game, and you kind of cruise from there. And uh, the only downside of this win is that Corey Lytle was only able to give the team four innings. Um, of course, this was the game he got injured on. He actually got injured. Um, I forget what inning it was, but uh, he actually had hit a ground ball with the bases loaded, and he had injured that uh, oblique muscle trying to run to first base. But uh, again, the only down, the only downside to this game was Lido was only able to give the the Phils four innings. And like we say, when, when it gets late in the season like this, the starters really need to combine and and go a little bit further than four innings um, and try to at least get to the six. The seventh inning would be 
be great. Um, just save that bullpen because that bullpen combination of Madsen, Urbina, and Wagner has just been great this year. And they combined again on Wednesday to uh, to shut out the uh, the Giants in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Um, so good job to those three uh, those three pitchers. And actually, Robinson Tejeda did come in uh, in the fifth inning, um, or yeah, the fifth inning. He did uh, he did pitch two. He did pitch the fifth and sixth. Um, he gave up just one hit and three strikeouts. Uh, so Robinson Tejeda kind of getting some work done there in the bullpen, and he did a great job uh, for the Phils there on Wednesday. So again, the Phils uh, a good good uh, start to start to the road trip there. They uh, they take two out of three from the Giants, um, and they uh, move on to Arizona. And that series actually is starting tonight. Uh, yesterday, Thursday, uh, August twenty fifth, they were off, and of course the Arizona series starts tonight. Uh, I'm going to take a quick ID break. I'm going to be back with a weekend preview for the Phils. Look at that Arizona series. Uh, We'll also take a quick uh, cruise around the minor leagues and uh, some interesting uh, players making some headlines uh, down the minors. I'll be right back. Hang on. You are listening to Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcasts on WBME Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now your host, Chris Smith. Welcome back to Phillies Weekly. I'm Chris Smith, of course, and uh, philliesweekly at verizon.net is our email address, so make sure you uh, get your emails out. Let us know what you think of the show. Any content that you would like to add, please let me know. I'm kind of struggling through this allergy thing here. You have to excuse me. I have a little bit uh, stuffed up the past couple days. They don't say that the... The pollen ha- count has been that high the last couple days, but uh, I beg to differ. Anyway, uh, this Arizona series gets underway tonight, and actually right now as we speak, uh, they're getting started out there in Arizona. Just uh, the, the pitching matchups here real quick uh, for the Phils and the uh, D-backs. Uh, D-backs, of course, just coming off that uh, horrible three-game uh, outing against the Mets where they just got crushed. Uh, but uh, the starting pitching kind of looks like this. Tonight, uh, Friday, uh, August uh, 26th, Brett Myers against Brad Halsey. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, the 27th, John Lieber will get the nod against Brandon Webb. And uh, Webb has had a pretty good year. Uh, he's 10-10, and 10, a 3.87 ERA. Um, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, uh, Vicente Padilla. Well, actually, that's Sunday night. Now, Sunday night is actually an ESPN game, 8.05 start there. So it's a national game there on ESPN. Uh, everybody will be able to catch that one. should be a good game. Vicente Padilla on Sunday against Claudio Vargas uh, for the D-backs. And Vargas is 7-7, uh, and a 4.99 ERA. Vargas was one of those pitchers that got lit up against the Mets uh, this past week. Now the bank won ballpark. His last outing, they lost 14 to one. Uh, so I don't know if that kind of that kind of pitching is going to continue for the D-backs. I I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of blowouts here in this Phil's Arizona Arizona series. I think uh, I think um, things will calm down a bit, but uh, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll definitely see what happens. We have some good pitchers here. The the top starting three going for the Phil's, and uh, we'll see if uh, Padilla can continue uh, his reign of terror. <laughs> on on some of these teams, he's been pitching very well, and we'll see if John Lieber can turn himself around and uh, try to not have that one bad inning. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on later in the week, uh, the Phils will move on and finish out this road trip. It's a long road trip. Uh, the Phils are on right now. Uh, they'll go to the they'll go to the Shea Stadium to, fe- to face the Mets. On um, I think that that series starts on Tuesday. They'll go Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, and the Mets are, I guess you could say they're, they're they're somewhat hot. Now again, you know you take into consideration the Mets did just score 39 runs in a four game set against the Diamondbacks, but again. And those NL West teams are, are all sub 500, so you take that into consideration too. But they have been hitting the ball very, very well uh, and doing a good job. So um, some players to watch out for in the Mets organization who are, are really kind of heating things up. Of course, David Wright, um, the third baseman there. Was it was it any question as to when he was going to heat up? I don't think so. Uh, last seven days for for David Wright, uh, 483 average, three home runs. Uh, Jose Reyes, 419 average, three home runs. Victor Diaz, uh, 375, 379 average, two home runs. And Ramon Castro, the catcher, filling in for the injured Mike Piazza, 10 RBIs and a 286 average. Of course, Victor, Victor Diaz, is, of course, is filling in for Mike Cameron. Mike Cameron and Carlos Beltran had that nasty collision a few weeks ago. Um, so 
they got have some replacement players here, really getting the job done uh, for the Mets. Uh, Mike and uh, and uh, Ramon Castro and Victor Diaz filling in for uh, Mike Piazza and uh, Mike Cameron, respectively. There, so we'll keep an eye on those. Uh, those players and see how they fare in into the Phillies Mets matchup this week in Shea. After the uh, after the Phils get done with the Mets on September first, they uh, they'll move over to Washington, over to RFK Stadium uh, to face the uh, to face the Nationals uh, September second, third, and fourth. That's of course this coming weekend series out at RFK and uh, Washington been just just kind of been up and down. But the thing about Washington is. You'll never know when they're going to turn it around and completely, you know, start heading up standings again. Uh, Washington has lost six of their last ten as of today, and again, they're just a very inconsistent team. You know, some weeks they, they they play great, other weeks they they really do struggle. But again, they can turn it around any time. Of course, Vinny Castilla has been hot as of late. He's at he's at a 444 clip and three doubles. He's got a couple RBIs there too. So uh, again, Vinny Castilla, though one of those players who's been kind of up and down for the Nats this year, and uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of uh, offense the Nats are able to generate against the Phils. Ryan Church, by the way, uh, who was starting to get some more playing time, and you remember Ryan Church is that young youngster for the Nationals who played very well earlier this year. Uh, he went on the DL for a little bit, came back, really struggled. Uh, he started getting some more playing time, started sort of puts together some hits, and he's on the DL again. Uh, so Ryan Church won't be uh, playing, I don't think, in this uh, in this Washington Philly series coming up this weekend, next weekend rather. So uh, that that uh, that Washington series then would round out uh, a 12-game four-city road trip for the Phils. We're gonna go back home then. Uh, and uh, we'll start a 10-game homestand, very key 10-game homestand. Uh, this homestand could really uh, set sails and uh, kind of decide which way the Phillies are going to go for the rest of the regular season. It's a 10-game homestand against Houston, Florida, and uh, it'll wind up with a four-game set versus the Braves. So it's going to be a very important uh, uh, homestand uh, as the Phils come off this road trip. Uh, just a look around the minor leagues here, minor league report. We're going to look around the minors this week. And uh, the minor leagues kind of wrapping up uh, their their regular season. Uh, most of the teams will wrap up early September, the first week of September or so, and uh, they'll pack it in for the year. But some players that were kind of making some news for some of the Phils affiliates here late in the year. We'll go down to uh, Away, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, the Red Barons down there. Remember Matt Cata, who was brought over from Arizona in that Tim Morrell trade earlier this year. Well, they sent Matt Cata down to the down to, to the Scranton Wilkesbury Red Barons uh, for him to get some work down there. He really wasn't being used um, in his time here with the when he was with the Phils. Uh, so they sent him down to Triple A and, and Cata has has a twelve game hitting streak going on down there. Um, he's uh, he's got a batting average of three forty six, um, eighteen for fifty two, a six runs scored and three RBIs. Um, and this is all over like the past week, week and a half or so like that. So Matt Cata hitting the ball pretty well down there for the Triple A, Wilkesbury Scranton Red Barons. Uh, move over to Reading, the Double A affiliate of the Phils, and uh, some really good news here. Uh, Chris Roberson, the center fielder, we talked a little bit about him uh, on our uh, Reading Phils scouting report we did a couple weeks ago, and uh, he uh, has been named the uh, Eastern League Rookie of the Year. Um, he did a great job uh, this season. Well, Roberson's hitting at a 313 clip for the year. He did uh, 22 doubles, 8 triples, 15 home runs, 84 runs scored, 66 RBIs. Here's a key, 31 stolen bases. This kid's got some speed. He plays center field. A little red light should be going off in the Phillies organization right now for Chris Roberson, a very key player down there who's really hitting the ball well down in, in double A for the Reading Phillies. Uh, Eastern League Rookie of the Year this year, uh, 26 years old. He's got to be on the radar for the Phils. Um, again, 26 years old, so he's he's not the youngest player, but uh, he's one of those guys where we know the Phillies need a center fielder. They need a full-time center fielder. Here's a guy in their organization where they really need to consider maybe bringing up to the to AAA next year and seeing what sort of production he can he can he can put through it up in Scranton next year. Uh, so a great job to Chris Roberson. He also needs just 11 hits to become the all-time single-season hit leader for the Reading Phils. Uh, he has. 160 now. The record is 170. So he needs 11 hits to, to break that record. There are 10 games left in the Reading Phillies season. Uh, so we'll have to see if Chris Roberson can continue on uh, his streak here. Maybe break a couple records. Uh, like I said, you know, he's... Uh, 
Eastern League Rookie of the Year. Hey, keep it going. Um, see what he can do. Roberson has also not gone more than three games without a hit the entire season. What kind of stat is that? That is it's superb. Great stuff. And again, you know, the key there, the, the 31 stolen bases, the kid's got speed. He can hit. He can even hit for some power. I mean, he's got 15 home runs. So, hey, we definitely keep an eye on this guy. You know, red lights should be going off everywhere in the Phillies organization. Keep an eye on Chris Roberson. And uh, I'd say get him moving and get him uh, advanced as, as quickly as possible. See what kind of stuff he can do. Also down in, in Reading, um, wanted to mention, too, uh, starter Mike Smith was actually named Eastern League Player of the Week, uh, the week ending August 21st. Um, in two starts, Smith um, uh, went 2-0, had 11 strikeouts, ended up with a 1.38 ERA in those two games. Um, Mike has an overall ERA this year of a 4.34 in 26 games. Uh, he was signed by the Phils as a minor league free agent on March 30th of this year. So Mike Smith, another guy coming around here late in the season for the Phils, a right-handed uh, starting pitcher. Uh, we'll keep an eye on him, see how Mike Smith does down there in double-A Reading. Um, so Mike, uh, this year actually, his total record, I believe, is 5-12, and 12, but uh, he's kind of turned it around here late in the season. Um, also want to mention down there in the Eastern League, uh, you may remember Randy Ruiz um, later, earlier this year, um, he actually had a chance. Uh, people were talking about him and, and possibly the Eastern League triple crown, um, and uh, he was really just crushing the ball and, and just lead, leading the, the whole league and, and home runs, RBIs, average, things like that. Well, he recently returned to the lineup after failing his second drug test of the year. And, of course, if you remember the, the minor league scouting report we did on the, on the Reading Phillies a couple weeks ago, we did report that Ruiz was suspended for violating that policy. Well, he just returned from his second. I know it was the second, but he just returned from his second um, – his second um, violation, just just I think it was just last week. Uh, he was actually originally sidelined 15 days earlier this year for violating uh, his for for failing his first drug test. Um, and of course, back in July, he failed another one, and that resulted in a 30-day suspension. Um, so uh, again, Randy Rue is back in the lineup for the Reading Phils, but it doesn't look at this point he's going to get the triple crown. He does lead the uh, Eastern League in average at uh, 353. He's second in home runs with 26 of them. He's third in RBIs with 86. So probably not a triple crown uh, for Randy Ruiz this year. And uh, kind of uh, kind of some mixed feelings there. You know, you, you always hate to see any player, uh, whether minor league, major league, hey, Twilight League, whatever, using any sort of illegal substances in their body and uh, things like that. Uh, you always hate to see that, and it kind of just ruins any sort of stats that they they had lined up for the year. So, Randy Ruiz, um, again, his first baseman, um, put up some really good numbers this year, but they're all going to be kind of tainted now. He actually failed two, two uh, drug tests this year for the Reading Phillies. So, uh, he, he's actually back in the lineup, and uh, you can catch him in, in Reading uh, for the last couple of the games of the season down there um, for the uh, Reading Phils. That's going to just about do it for me wrap up this week of, uh, of Phillies Weekly, week number eight here. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, for a full recap of a very important start of the month of September for the Phils. Uh, we'll look at the Mets and the Washington series. We'll also touch on the uh, tail end of this Arizona Diamondbacks series that will all be coming next week. Uh, on week number nine of Phillies Weekly. Thanks again for joining me. Don't forget our email address, uh, philliesweekly at verizon.net. And uh, don't forget the Flyers podcast. Flyers coming up real soon. Uh, PhiladelphiaFlyersWeekly.blogspot.com is the homepage, and FlyersWeekly at gmail.com is the email address there. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time here on Phillies Weekly. You've been listening to Phillies Weekly on WBME Broadcasting Lancaster, PA. Join us next week as your host, Chris Smith, recaps the weekly highlights, player news, and minor league scouting reports for the Philadelphia Phillies Major League Baseball Club. Be sure to join us online at philliesweekly.blogspot.com and make sure to send us your emails to philliesweekly at verizon.net. me